Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, Open Mic Podcast listeners. Want to share your opinions, give me feedback, or tell me what you're thinking? If you do, send me a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio that might end up in future episodes of the podcast. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform that I use to make this show. Here are some things that I would love to hear from you. What questions do you have for me? What did you think of the episode? What did you think of the topic? Who should I interview next? Make up a theme song. I don't know. Do your best impression of me. I'll see all of your messages and I might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send me a voice message right now from wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in my show notes and I can't wait to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Until next time, cheers and be well and enjoy today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Today's episode is going to be tackling the subject of mental health. We're going to be talking about bipolar disorders, we're going to be talking about depression, we're going to be talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, and drug addiction, among other things. If you're listening to this today and you are affected or involved in any one of these, or have had any thoughts of suicide, depression, no matter what, our encouragement to you is to seek help. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope it provides information and everything that you need to know to find the help that's necessary. Enjoy today's show. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 112 of the Open Mic Podcast. Brett Allen coming at you live at 5 from the Open Mic Podcast studios in the beautiful Bay Area. Thanks for listening in, joining in, supporting the show, and being a part of it. I hope everybody's having a great week so far, and we are on Thursday. Man, it's hard to believe Christmas is next week. Has Christmas always been on a Monday and Tuesday? For some reason, I remember growing up, it was not on a Monday or Tuesday. It was like on a Friday or a Saturday or a weekend, maybe. It's so crazy. Went to a school presentation last night of my son. That was a lot of fun. Uh, his preschool Christmas show. A little boy was an orange-headed shepherd. And uh, I tell you, one of the greatest things about it was like mid-show, he like gives me a thumbs up. <laughs> He's such a little ham and uh, I love him to death. Super excited to be spending the holidays with my son. Uh, Christmas shopping is done. Santa did all of his shopping today. Thanks to Amazon.com, Prime Delivery. So uh, if you have kids listening, I apologize. I just outed Santa Claus. Anyway, it's going to be a fun holiday. I'm super stoked about it. And uh, more fantastic shows coming on the pike here in the weeks to come. I mentioned in my episode 111, I just I talked a little bit about the book that I'm going to be releasing in next year. It's probably going to be in the fall. I'm thinking I started writing today. And I'm excited for you to get that in your hands. And uh, for me, just to share a little bit more about my experience going through divorce and healing and becoming friends with my ex-wife and just 
really having a great co-parenting situation. It's just uh, super special. And that's it. Yeah, I hope everybody's got their Christmas shopping done and uh, everybody's ready to rock and roll for Christmas. It's hard to believe 2019 is going to be here before we know it. And I just don't know where the time goes. I I hardly can even grasp the fact that uh, that's where we're at. But uh, without further ado, I want to get into our guest today. His name is Justin Peck, and uh, he is a super great guy. I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time. So I want to give a shout out to Kelly K over at Kelly K PR Productions. She is a publicist that I work with and also a shout out to Jada Umbrella as well for just pitching me fantastic guests. Interview Connections as well. They are awesome. I work with all of those strong businesswomen. They kill it and uh, they just bring the thunder every time. And they did not stop short for today's guest. So let's bring him on the line. Justin Peck, welcome in, sir. It's good to have you today. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Well, you are a professional off-road racer. You do a lot of different things. If you wouldn't mind sharing with us your background about how you got into professional racing and how all of that started out for you. Oh, man. Uh Geez, I, I've been racing for probably 26 years now. Uh, started off on dirt bikes like most of us do, and and that was kind of based on on uh, doing a lot of riding with like my father and and having you know those types of experiences. And and as I got older, I still you know I I loved the the need for the speed and and uh, you know turned. 16, 17 years old and got my own dirt bike and started kind of racing. And, you know, from then it was, that was kind of all she wrote. I've been doing it ever since. So you are a huge advocate for mental health and mental health awareness. You just released a book a while ago entitled Bulletproof, which I read and I absolutely love. And for all of the listeners who aren't necessarily familiar with the book or Justin, you definitely will be by the time we wrap things up here. This is a book that I think everybody should read. It's super important. If you wouldn't mind just sharing with us your story about how you first realized that these were some of the the mental health issues that you were struggling with. You go into it in the book in quite detail, but for those who haven't had a chance to read it, yeah, the uh, the mental health side of things. Then, I mean, it's always it's always interesting, right? So it's um, when I was growing up with it, you know, if you think thirty thirty five years ago, um, mental health wasn't even really a a term that that people used. Um, bipolar wasn't even, yeah, I mean, that's definitely not even a, a, not at a all. That, was even, <laughs> that, that was even in the dictionary. I mean, you know, people didn't know. And so, so growing up with, uh, with the mental disorder, um, uh, that's why, you know, the, in my opinion, there's always, you know, some type of a stigma behind everything because, um, because you, you take something that has never been talked about, discussed. And then now it's being trying to throw thrown into the limelight, and and for the people you know like me that that don't have a problem talking about it, that finally is you know for me I'm I'm sick of the st- stigma, I'm sick of the, the the embarrassment, and so for me I'm 
I'm all about, you know, being able to talk about it. And so, you know, ultimately it, it took, um, a suicide attempt. It took, you know, quite, quite a few um, different things kind of lining up for me to go, go meet with a doctor and, and, uh, and finally get the diagnosis, um, after probably having it for 13 to 14 years. So I guess at the end of the day, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a victim by no means. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily let the, let the, the disorder define who I am, but it is who I am. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, yeah, it, it's funny because it's it's one of the things that I tell my children quite often is if you're ever going to have anything, uh, you know, bipolar is probably the thing to have because <laughs> it's, it's it's a ride. It's fun, you know. I'm I mean, it can be it can be hard at times, but for the most part, it's uh, it's a good time. Yeah, I I've talked to a few people who have dealt with this. Yeah, some of the stories that they tell me, it's like wow. You know, something like that you might see on television or in a movie, but it's a very important topic. And you had mentioned the idea of it being a stigma surrounding it. it seems like it's not something that people want to talk about. You know, I'm 44 and I remember growing up that, again, as you mentioned, these types of terms weren't thrown around at all. It was like, oh, you know, maybe he or she is hyperactive or maybe it's something different and there was really no label to describe it. So I appreciate your honesty on that point for sure. Um, at what point did you come to the realization that there may be something wrong here and I need to, I know you mentioned the, the suicide attempt and, and whatnot, but prior to that, was there any sort of sign or idea in your head maybe that something may not be right that something could be going on potentially well it i guess it it, it kind of comes down to you only know what you know mm -hmm. right so uh, so you know being you know 13 14 15 years old and starting the processes of manic phases and depressive phases um at that age, I had no clue. I, I was, I mean, I was absolutely clueless what was going on, um, because you only know what you know. And and so going through that time of my life was was pretty hard, because not only was I going through the puberty the puberty process, but I was also going through a mental process that was that was um, kind of messing things up a little bit, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And. And, you know, I mean, it was, like I said, it was, um, it was hard. It was, it was something that, that, um, you know, I was bullied severely with, um, you know, I was picked on, you know, quite a bit with, and, but at the end of the day, you know, it gave me the character that I have, you know, now, mm -hmm. um, and it's, and, and, and it's kind of built me into the person that I am today. So, you know, yeah, it, it may not be the best thing in the planet to uh, to have, but it's not the worst. Now, you talk a lot about other topics, too, that go along with this whole conversation. Besides bipolar, you talk a lot about depression and PTSD and that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on, let's, let's tackle these. It's a very heavy program today, but uh, a very important one, I think, and I, I can't imagine a better guest than yourself 
to have on to talk about this. So, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, to be honest. I'm a little geeked out that we're having this conversation. I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> off-road racing fan. And when I got connected with Kelly, originally I had Ali Levine on, and then we developed this relationship. And she's like, hey, would you be interested in having off-road racing professional Justin Peck? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. here we are. Anyhow, <laughs> I digress. I apologize. But I want to talk about sure. depression and that sort of thing. What are some steps that we can take as parents to be aware that our children might be developing this disorder? I don't even know if that would be a disorder or this this issue of depression or even friends around us, what what are some signs that we can be aware of to help people? Well, the kids, um, the the kids are are a big thing to me. Um, it, you know, for it, me personally, I I have four four children and four grandbabies myself. I have three of my children um, are diagnosed with some form of mental disorder. Um, two of them are bipolar, and and then one of them is. Uh, that has a, a drug addiction. So um, it's it's an interesting thing because me growing up with it, I understood what it was like to have it as a child. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm a parent and I get to deal with it on the parent side. And for me personally, I, I will take the kid's side because the parent side is kind of hard. <laughs> sure. So, um it's my kids, you know, I mean, they've, they've watched their dad, you know, through for their entire life, you know, deal with, with some type of mental struggle. And, and so they've, they've seen it firsthand. Uh, they've also, they also know that, that I am a really good support system for them as well. Um, because I, I have the disorder and because I'm fortunate enough to, to understand it, you know, like I do. Um, I'm I'm able to provide good information, you know, a good quality, you know, source of information for my kids um, that that they can listen to, and you know, they can either they can either you know take the advice and 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 take what I what I explain to them and and use it or not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I guess that that's kind of what a lot of the the bipolar and the, and the mental health side of things go with is. You know, there there are always things out there for us to to be able to pick up on and, and to be able to use to to help the struggle. Um, but I find that a lot of times we don't because mm-hmm. we want to be able to do it ourselves. Yeah. So I think one of the important things, and I've talked to other guests who are huge advocates for mental health awareness and anxiety. In fact, I have a friend, he has a podcast called the Anxiety Diaries podcast where he talks to different people about it. One of the important things I feel is just talking about it and having a conversation with someone. What would be your advice to a listener perhaps who is struggling with anxiety or depression or PTSD? What steps could they take to maybe get unstuck to reach out to somebody and just say, hey... I need some help here. So the, for me, there there are always two things, and you know, and of course, a lot of this is based on just my opinion, and and based on my on my past experiences. 
Um, the the first and foremost one that that typically, you know, helps the process and helps helps um, kind of ground myself is being in the service of other people. So um, for me, having the book and being able to be the mental um, advocate that I am, um, I feel that it gives me the opportunity to to take my experiences and take my thoughts and my ideas and pass them along to, to other people. Uh, and hopefully they listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm in that process, it, you know, if I'm, if I feel like I'm helping other people and, and feel like that I'm providing, you know, at least some sense of hope for somebody, um, that kind of negates the, the bipolar side for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it always helps me personally, when I'm in the service of other people, um, it helps my, my disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing which you touched on and you actually kind of nailed it, you know, in my opinion, but is, is having your tribe, having, having that group of people that you trust, um, you know, whether it be family or friends or, or whoever it is. Um, but it's, it's being able to convey your thoughts and being able to to express your feelings and emotions to someone else um, so they can understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you try to keep everything to yourself and you take it and you put it on that shelf and then you end up burning the shelf, well, it does no good because you're not you're not necessarily fixing the problem. You're masking the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely right at the end of the day. I mean, if we can, if we can use our mouths to carry conversations on with the people that we care about, um, that's another one of the big, um, big things that I try to promote to people. So at what point did you say, I have all this information and I have all these resources. I definitely need to write a book and get my message out. Well, the book was never really something that that I wanted to um, to do anyway. I know it sounds kind of weird, but uh, so I started writing the book about ten years ago. Okay. Um, I I honestly like I've only read two books in my life. Um, one of them was one in uh, junior high. That I had to read for a book report, and the other book that I read it was my own. Um, I'm not much of a reader, um, but when I had my youngest brother, um, he overdosed on heroin years and years and years ago. And when we were when we were at his funeral, I was kind of you know talking with my grand my grandmother at the time, and she had made mention that now would be a good time for me to start writing down some thoughts and start writing down, you know, experiences um, so that as I got older and as my children got older, they would have something to read about their dad. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's kind of what I started to do. And, and, you know, one chapter turned into two and two turned into four and so on and so forth. And, and you know, here, you know, 10 years later, I had, you know, 270 pages and, and a lot of information. And so it was, you know, kind of from there, I sent it to an editor um, just to kind of clean it up. And I still had no intentions of publishing the book. It was more of just for the kids and for the grandkids. And 
and that was going to be kind of, you know, a little bit of my legacy. And when I sent it to the editor the first time, she was she was kind of taken back by it, I suppose, and and said that, you know, it was good and wanted to know if, if she could send it to someone else, and I said yes. And, and that person said that it needed to be published, and so I kind of went down that road, and here we are. It's yeah, been, um, here we are for been sure. About a year, about a year, year and a half, and and here we are, and it's 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 been good. It's been you know, it's been like yeah. I tell you what, like I read a lot of books, and because I interview a lot of people, and so I'm constantly getting them. And traditionally, it's like okay, you know, here we go. But I tell you, I read your book. I would say within about one full night maybe two because it just got my attention. Usually I'll read it over a period of a few days and I've gotten to a point where I have a system now where I will read the book, but I scan through, but this one, I, so no offense to any of my other guests who are listening, (laughs) but I do read, (laughs) I do read your books. I promise. But this one, I sat down and read it just from cover to cover within a full night, I think maybe two, as I mentioned, because it was so gripping and just your your honesty and your transparency about all of this, I just was shaken to the core. And I started just even doing introspection of myself and you know, being a single dad, my son is four, my mind just starts racing and thinking about, you know, legacy and just generational type things that you know, what could potentially be passed down to my child from some struggles and trauma that I maybe experienced early on in my life. Hats off for sure for the book. And just, I I hope that it reaches uh, a lot of people. Do you have any plans to perhaps maybe do an audio version? Because I think it would be awesome. (laughs) I ask that to everybody, so. Yeah, I, uh, yes, I, I am interested in in getting the audio version done um that's kind of on the on the next thing to do um uh, the problem with that is i think for me to do it correctly i need to be the one that reads it yes and <laughs> and i just i'm a slow reader i'm not gonna lie i'll be the, i'll be the first to admit i'm a slow reader that's okay so. that's okay you do you race cars for a living and you put your life yes. on the line constantly so i think you can Everyone will give you a pass on that part. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah, no. Even if it took, you know, three years to do, I think it would be well worth it. And I love it when authors do read their own work because it just adds a special layer to what you've already put out there into the universe and said, hey, world, here I am, and uh, I want you to read what I've written. So that's fantastic. So I want to switch gears a little bit to a different topic, but I, and, and, and I talk about this with most of my folks that come on. I want to talk about just your style of, of leadership that you have with other racers and, and mentorship and that sort of thing. And uh, you may have been asked these questions before or may not, but they're, they're light and easy. I promise. But I want to talk to you about mentorship and your thoughts on that. Do you have a lot of people come to you and reach out to you? I imagine that you're super popular that that want your help as far as maybe getting into racing or how to 
become a professional off-road racer? Do you get a lot of those types of questions? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's um, I mean there there are two big questions that I typically get. Um, the first one is how do you solve mental health? <laughs> and 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 I kind of laugh. Um, the, the second one is, um, from the race fans is, you know, how do you, how do you get into the sport? And it's good because the, anybody who's actually met me and, and has had, you know, a, a few seconds to sit down and talk to me, um, will know that once you start getting me talking on, on racing, I don't shut up. I, that's just, that, that's just kind of my thing. So, um, on the, on the mentorship you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there's been several drivers that I've coached and and that I've done a lot of training with, and and so on and so forth. But I don't really have really a a, a mentorship program um, per se. Um, but I do have a lot of fans, mm-hmm. and 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 the and the fans. You know, I I do get a lot of people reaching out and and asking a lot of great questions and and a lot of good comments. What is your approach to that? How do you handle that as a celebrity when people maybe try and DM you on social media and send you messages? What, what are your thoughts and approach to that? Like what advice would you have for them of perhaps maybe a better way to, to do that? Yeah. Well, so for me, I get probably I don't know uh, anywhere between a hundred and two hundred a day. Oh wow! And so I get a lot of of interaction with with a lot of people. And so the direct messaging and the and the Facebook messaging I don't mind. The big things that I don't talk about, um, and it's just it's just something that you know back when I first started this a long time ago that I've, I kind of do the line in the sand. Um, so I don't talk about religion, I don't talk about politics, mm-hmm. and I don't talk about medication. Those are the three three things that that I just don't talk about, mostly because religion and politics have nothing to do in the world of mental health. Mm-hmm. And and then medication, I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to, you know, I can't go off and, and, and give suggestions and then have someone get hurt for it. So. Right. Yeah, when Kelly pitched you to me, she's like, <laughs> and I had her fill out like a little form. She thought these are the three topics that we definitely don't want to talk about. And it's that. So I made sure to definitely steer clear of those particular subjects because they just are kind of controversial in some ways. And of course, really not relatable to what your message is. So exactly. what advice would you have to someone? I, I would consider you to be an entrepreneur really because you've built this, life uh, of racing and now as an author and you make the the interview circuit pretty regularly what advice would you have to someone who's maybe looking to get into racing or just wanting to to build a solid brand overall oh geez the um the best the best advice that i typically give and this is just you know coming from a goofy kid like me but um honestly whatever you decide to do in life, you know, whether it be the racing, whether it be a business, whether it be whatever it's going to be, take every effort that you have and put it into that specific task. Mm-hmm. Meaning don't just do it halfway. So, you know, if, if you want to become a race car driver, then put all of your effort into it, you know, practice and train and, research, you know, on sponsorship and research on, 
racecraft and race theory and, and, and all the different things that I have, you know, through, throughout the years that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing on business, you know, I own, I own several, several companies and it's, they don't just fall into your lap. I mean, you have to work hard for them. Um, you know, I, with me growing up, you know, my, my mother, she worked at, at the local snow mill. Um, you know, I was a, a single kid, um, my, my my mom was a, was a single parent and and so you know we we didn't grow up with very much and you know through the processes of me growing up I just I learned and I understood that I I wanted a little bit more and because of that I pushed myself at a young age and my mother um, she pushed me as well and something just snapped and I I turned into the business guy. And, and so that's, you know, that, that, that's kind of where, that's kind of the world that I play in now is, Mm -hmm. is, you know, I, I do a lot of racing. I do a lot of, you know, a lot of business coaching, a lot of, you know, speaking, you know, with the book, you know, with, uh, with all the different things that I do. And it's, it's good because I, I'm, I'm able to meet a lot of people and I'm able to convey my, my, um, my thoughts and my uh, my past experiences with uh, with the bipolar um, with having bipolar mm-hmm. and um, uh, being able to be in those crowds. I mean, it's just it's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm able to I, I'm able to uh, to meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, your sphere of influence is huge. I would say, and I follow you on social media and just watch what you do and how you conduct yourself, and it's really amazing to see how you handle all of that and there would no one would really know that you have those internal struggles because you manage it so well well i appreciate your time this morning and really just your ear and your advice for people and really just sending out a positive message of awareness and that there really shouldn't be any kind of stigmatism to bipolar any sort of mental health challenge that someone might be facing and just to reach out and get help. If if people want to learn more about you and find out about your racing and about your book and just your whole life on display, uh, how, how can people do that, Justin? All right. So you can go on Instagram at uh, JustinTech49. Uh, Facebook is Justin Peck and website is justinpack.com and um, out of those platforms uh, you know there's there's a ton ton of information there's plenty of ways to get a hold of me and and uh, and so if there's anybody out there listening that that has questions or concerns please feel feel free to reach out I, um, I I mean I answer everybody personally well Justin thank you so much for your time this morning I appreciate you uh, being on the podcast it's been a lot of fun thank you I appreciate the opportunity All right, that brings today's episode to a close. Thanks, everybody, for joining in and being a part of the podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website, theopenmicpodcast.net. We'll see you very soon with some more amazing shows. Until next time, let somebody know that you love them and let them know that you care. We'll talk to you soon. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.